This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Athletic Greens, a complete whole food supplement with 75 plant-based ingredients working together to help with 11 different areas of your health. Learn more at athleticgreens.com slash no meat. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. That's right, Health IQ rewards us for our lifestyle choices. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat to learn more about all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Matt, we blew it. <laughs> what did we blow, Doug? <laughs> we opted for beers this week and hanging out over, uh, and meeting, and talking about Dummy Athlete, over recording together in person. Yeah, we did. We had one We had one slot for a meeting this week, and we, we did that instead, didn't we? Yeah, but it was good. It was fun. We got to have a couple different local brews. Yeah, it was a good time. We did some long-term planning for, for the future of this of this uh, this train wreck that we call No Meat Athlete. <laughs> And yeah, and we I think we had all good intentions of meeting twice this week, but then we we're like, ah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Let's be serious. Well, yeah, too many kids, too much travel. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, we're busy people. We are. All right, good. Well, uh, today, Doug, we are we're talking Tony Robbins, mm. which I I can imagine some people probably think, hey, that's gonna be a cool episode, and I I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who. Are, are listening to this only because they always listen to our episodes or because they don't like Tony Robbins at all or they don't like the idea of him and uh and they want to they want to just hate that and you know they want to listen to something that they hate because I think I think people do that and that's why <laughs> that's why polarizing figures often are are quite successful right I mean yeah. love or hate them they they attract attention and that's what we're hoping happens with this episode <laughs> yeah, we're hoping it'll <laughs> blow up. Yeah, we are most popular yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it will be that, but I do think it will be a good one. It's uh, so okay. Tony Robbins is is a there's a caricature of him, of course, in in the world as this this giant guy who's really loud and a, a motivational speaker who's there to pump you up, and he everyone knows him from Shallow How. That when I mention Tony Robbins now, even though Shallow How was when did that come out? 1999 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's like all of a sudden everyone knows he's in Shallow Hal, and I don't know where that came from, but somehow the the cultural consciousness picked up that he was on there, and uh, that's what everyone asked him. They say, "Well, wasn't he in Shallow Hal?" And, and I say, "Yes, he sure was." <laughs> <laughs> but now he holds big events. Now he holds big events. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. When I think of Tony Robbins, I think of I think of a giant dude having everyone jump up and down and scream and then walk cross coals. That's that's what I think of. Right. Which is not an accident. I mean, that's uh, that's what the media portrays of him, and that the walking across coals thing—that's what kind of put him on the map. Like that's, I, I think it, that's a metaphor. You know, it's not—it's something you actually do. But the point isn't to walk on the fire. The point is what that kind of the metaphor that that is in your life. It shows you that you can do something that seems impossible or just seems really scary you think i can't possibly do that especially when you're just standing there over those coals ready to go it's like even if you thought up to now you could do it there's some party that says you can't actually like step forward now and walk on this fire right and then you do it and then you and and you get across and then that in theory helps you to kind of break through other limiting beliefs in your life right so so that's the idea uh i think because that's such a spectacle 
uh, it was a huge part of his career, even if it's not the most important thing of his career. It's just this thing that everyone grabbed onto as that's what he does. And and I get that. So uh, and, and, and it seems that the media likes to report every few years that that people got burned on the coals when and, and they do. I, when I did it, I got little blisters on my feet, but not not big ones. Uh, and a couple of times I've done it without any problems for the record. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I oh, mean, wait, I, how many I, times have you walked across coals? I've gone to that event three times. Okay. I went once, which I guess we've talked about this before, but probably not in a while. Um, directly, immediately, really, before I started No Meat Athlete and before I decided to go vegetarian, was uh, I went to his event in 2009. It was my first one. I'd, I'd kind of read his books and stuff and listened to his programs quite a bit. I was, you know, I was a fan. Uh, and then I went to this event, and at the end of it, so I, I had kind of been thinking about going vegetarian. I thought I'd like to do that, really for ethical reasons, but I thought in trying to qualify for Boston, which is where I was, and what I ultimately did six months after that was finally finally qualify. But in my head, it was like, man, if I do that, if I do this vegetarian thing, then it's going to mean not enough protein, not enough calories, all that stuff. So my concern, my, my thinking was vegetarian equals not very healthy, at least for my purposes. Uh, and at this event, at the end of the event, the fourth day of this, this event that's called Unleash the Power Within, uh, which he does and which are, they're not his most expensive events by sure. They're kind of his entry level thing. Um, the last day of it is about health. And I don't know what he teaches about health now because I, I know he's changed some things about his diet, but back then and and to the other two that I've gone to he he said that on the last day it was basically he's encouraging this diet of mostly vegetables and some fish thrown in which which for me like that that basically equaled vegetarian as far as I was concerned like that was that was really close to vegetarian and uh when I decided to do it it, it didn't take long maybe 10 days before I said you know I probably don't need this fish I can I can do the vegetarian thing so anyway the point of this is that on that day I, I ate a chicken sandwich, I think, on the way home from that event, <laughs> and and it was some gross one from a from a uh, whatever those things rest stop area, right where the where you get all these pre made foods and things. Yeah. And I ate this, and I couldn't finish it because we had watched these like if you read the first post ever on No Meat Athlete, it talks about this. He like showed you these videos of <clears throat> chicken processing and how gross it is. So I mean, he has some of that ethical motivation as well, but wow. mostly it's for health. Um, because apparently, I, I don't know how true this is, but uh, he said that the chickens, the chicken carcasses spend this time in something called fecal soup, which is like this big mess of, of chicken crap and who knows what else that they end up soaking in for a while and that somehow that's the cause or part of the cause of why there's so much, uh, you know, bacteria and stuff in, in those foods. Oh, anyway, gross. so I ate the sandwich, ate about half of it, couldn't really stomach it. And that was it. And then I ate fish a few, I don't know, a few weeks after that. Started No Meat Athlete. Again, not really a coincidence, I don't think. I sort of was really into the vegetarian thing and looked around for information about it and couldn't find much with regarding that for sports and for running and would this mess up my Boston Marathon chances. Uh, and I said, hey, there should be, uh, there should be something that, that fills this need. So I said, I'm going to start a blog about my progress. And that became No Meat Athlete. And, and there you go. So uh, it has played a big part in... in really in the history of No Meat Athlete. And then I guess twice after that, I went to this event. Like a year and a half later, I brought my wife to it. And then, I don't know, I think it was in 2014, I went back again just kind of for a little boost. And then I went to this one in December, which was not Unleash the Power Within. This one was Date with Destiny, uh, which is his his bigger ticket, longer. It's him all six days instead of at this four-day event where there's another guy who's kind of helping to facilitate two of the days. Um 
So it was that one. And it's the one that was on the documentary. So a lot of people know about this Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. It's called I Am Not Your Guru, which is one thing that he claims. He says he's not a guru. He's a just someone. He's a strategist. He's a performance guy. I don't know. Um, performance coach, perhaps. And it's a good documentary. I mean, it's it, like him or not, it's kind of a cool documentary. And if you don't like him, it might make you not like him even more. Or it might make <laughs> you think, hey, he's not that weird. I don't know. But uh, a lot of people have seen that. So this is the same event that uh that that was based on same same room and everything we were in mm-hmm. and uh it's, it was not a cheap event right i don't want people to watch this and be like well you know that's that's too expensive which it is expensive i i wanted to go to it for a long time and could not possibly justify going to it uh, especially because everyone i've talked to says if you go you kind of have to bring your spouse because you're going to make so many big deep changes in your self and the things you value and the things you want and you're going to you know basically go in and rewire yourself uh and if your spouse isn't there then when you come home it's just it, it can be a mess right because you you've, you've got to now like <clears throat> either explain to them why they should do all these changes as well or kind of live now this life that's you know has you on a really different plane i'm not going to say better but just a different plane than from what you were and probably from your spouse and so anyway so it's basically you got to pay for two tickets of this really expensive event. And it, it became something that I just could not do for a long time, but then decided, you know what, I'm going to make it happen no matter what and just do it because, I don't know, I just don't want to... I figured the documentary was coming out and it was going to start getting crazy crowded, maybe more expensive. So I said, we're going to do it no matter what it takes. And you and Aaron both both went. Yes, we sure did. And I'm glad that we both did, for sure. She didn't want to go. She, by the way, she cried when I gave her this gift on her birthday because she, <laughs> she didn't, didn't want to go. It wasn't tears of joy. Cried because she did not want to go to the cement. Oh, man. I hadn't heard that story. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so first of all, I mean, not the best birthday president in the world, right? Because I mean, it's kind of for me. And and basically, I only wanted her to come because everyone says you need to bring your spouse. So I kind of gave it to her as a way to support myself. And I said, even if you don't want to come, I want to make all these changes. And I, I think it would be really helpful if you were there as well. So if nothing else, think of it as supporting me. So it was a gift to myself. And uh, <laughs> quite honestly, I don't You're blame so her. You're so generous, Matt. You're just like the most stand-up guy. I know. But, okay, but I said this. I said, it's a gift to myself, but it's going to make me a better guy for you. <laughs> <laughs> and for the family and a better dad, and I think I'm going to be better for it. So indirectly, a gift for her. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I hope Did, she's not embarrassed by that. I don't think she is because she's told a lot of people that. And, and I think, you know, what, what was made her cry was that it was scary and, and it kind of represented like I think she thought that this meant that I thought she needed to change and that she was going to come here and feel all this pressure to make changes when maybe she thought she didn't need to make any changes so I I totally get that like that I that would not be a good feeling to have to feel like that you were obligated to change or someone wanted you to change and truly that wasn't what it was but uh anyway we both went and and she ended up loving it she ended up being so happy that she went uh, which I'm really glad about because I, I would have it would have been very hard to go or hard to enjoy hard to get much out of it if I sensed the whole time that she was not having a good time. She was dreading it. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. So I have not gone to any Tony Robbins things, and I haven't <laughs> actually even gotten myself to watch the Netflix video, um, although Katie has. Um, and you know, I, I just for me, uh, so I guess the only time I've been into in anything that is remotely like this and it's not at all um, is like in middle school uh, youth group and mm-hmm. and with my church in middle school, we would go to like big week long kind of conferences, youth conferences. 
and everyone sang and danced together and this like collective energy had everyone really pumped up and excited and you know making life changes and things like that and i think that's the only kind of sort of similar experience that i've ever had and they are powerful in that you're all in there together kind of having these experience and you kind of let go of of all your things back home and uh you know Mm -hmm. just like how silly you look and that kind of thing and i think that is really powerful but for some reason i just i'm not you know i you've, you've been talking about tony robbins since we first started working together and um i've just never been able to get myself interested enough to actually Look into these one of these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can understand that for sure, and, and I think you're not far off in bringing up that that middle school experience. Uh, I didn't do many of those things. Maybe I don't know. A high school or our senior year, we did like a retreat thing where the class all got together, and there was lots of you know good feelings, warm and fuzzies about all being together and stuff like that. Um, I I think the difference is. There's not a lot of warm and fuzzies like that because you don't you don't know these people, right? You don't have anything in common with these people except for whatever brought you to the Tony Robbins event. So yeah. there's not a church that unifies everything or a high school class that says we're all part of this and let's let's be you know, like we're here for each other. We're here to connect with each other. It it's really not about that. Like it's an individual thing. You make some great friendships, potentially, if you want to. Um there's a ton of like that kind of stuff, like to, to the level you wouldn't believe. And if you watch the, if you watch uh, the documentary, like in the opening scenes, they show some of the, some of the, just the crowd at Tony Robbins events and people were going crazy because you do get, you start to get so excited about your life and the changes you're going to make or are making. Um, and he's, he's really big on not talking for 45 minutes or an hour straight He's big on you having a good physiology, right? And being in what he calls a peak state when you're listening because he thinks if you're just bored and you're not entertained and your body's not engaged, uh, the stuff that it's not going to resonate and it's not going to stick. So so how often are you actually getting up to like <clears throat> dance around? I think it's probably every 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, when, you know, and, and by the way, he'll talk at these events. It's like a 12 to 14 hour day and there are almost no breaks. So if you want to go to the bathroom or something, you kind of got to go out of the room and you you can still hear some of it, but you're quick and you get back in your seat as fast as you can. People, you bring snacks with you. There's a little like stand set up outside where you can get sandwiches or something if you wanted. Um, But it's, I mean, it's, it's, you're just going. So it starts, I think it started around 10 or noon between there most days. And often we didn't get out till 2 a.m. Didn't get to bed till 3 or 4 a.m. by the time we had done the, the homework type stuff. Um, so it's like you're there for this incredible amount of time for six straight days. And, and honestly, I mean, he's incredible for, for aside from what you think of his, his teachings, uh, the fact that he can perform and present like that, that intensely is crazy. I think he says he walks a marathon each day on stage. He's worn a pedometer before hmm. and, and at this crazy intensity. Uh, but anyway, so you, you, they, the music is so loud. It's just a huge sound system and he'll, he'll just reach a little break in his talking and he'll say everybody up and then they'll, put on this music and you just kind of get conditioned to like the first day it's sort of tame. But then after you've done it, I don't know, 25 times on day two, where when they say, get up, everyone get up and you just start getting into it. And then it's, you know, give everyone 10 hugs as we sit back down or 10, 
high fives and a seat. And he'll say, and so like you you get really physically engaged in it, and uh, that is not my thing at all. Like I I am not a person who who would ever say that I thrive in that kind of stuff and like touchy feely wanting to hug people. Uh, even even dancing along with it. like I, I I consider myself kind of a wallflower type of guy. I don't really dance at weddings or anything. I don't really like it. I just feel weird. Uh, but after like a day or two of this, you just kind of open up and you just do it because everyone's doing it. And it that alone is is valuable for me to to get away. Like you mm-hmm. said, you kind of get away and leave your stuff behind. Uh, so anyway, he, it it's there as a strategy to keep you in a peak state or to keep you in a place where you can absorb this information and have it have it mean something. But uh, you know, it starts to feel really good, and then that, and then, so I can understand. Like when you look at glimpses of that, just a couple seconds of people, it's people going crazy, and it looks like a cult who are just right. brainwashed. Which I, which, and I totally understand how it does look like that, and has a lot of elements of that, right? You could, you could argue he's brainwashing you, and I would, for me, like that's some what he does is like a conditioning programming. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's that different from brainwashing, and I think as long as you're kind of <laughs> filtering everything and saying, is this right? Does this make sense for me? Uh, then I think it's, I think it's safe enough. So before we go on, I, I just for the record, I need to make it clear that you danced pretty hard at my wedding. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I know I danced pretty hard at those Runners World events when we. Uh... <laughs> no, you. I, some of our because Ellery, your youngest, uh, was uh, really young. I mean, like ten weeks or something. Right. Um, and so Aaron was wearing her in, in one of those rap things, and uh, I still have friends who talk about you and Aaron and Ellery dancing all night on the dance floor. Yeah, that was probably mostly Aaron. And I think if I, I, I can get into it sometimes, but only in a sort of laughing at myself way, right? Doing a bunch of goofy stuff. Okay. I can't really get into like, I'm going to look awesome and cut up the dance floor and be the <laughs> guy out there. Like, I just couldn't do that. Not, not possible for me to even be in that mindset. Okay. I'd, be, I'd be too self-conscious thinking how, what an idiot I must look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, everyone loved you guys. <laughs> good. Well, that's, that's good. They're like, when I'm a parent, I want to be. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy when you have a baby at the wedding. Everyone loves that person, right? They think that's oh, that's so good that you got to bring your baby. <laughs> anyway, so I think we should quickly pause right here to thank our sponsors before getting back into this conversation. All right, let's do it. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Matt, I've been using Athletic Greens daily for the past several weeks, and while I was putting it in my smoothies at first, I have to admit that I am just scooping out a spoonful, mixing it with water, and calling it a day. And believe it or not, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I was not only surprised by the taste, but also what it's made from. Athletic Greens is the most complete whole food supplement available with 75 ingredients working together to help with 11 different areas of your health. It has everything from prebiotics and probiotics to adaptogens and hormone support. And of course, it's totally vegan friendly with absolutely no animal products or byproducts. And Doug, I just learned that all the ingredients are grown down in New Zealand where the company's from, so that's pretty cool. Athletic Greens is offering NMA radio listeners like yourself nearly $100 worth of bonuses if you grab some Athletic Greens today. Visit athleticgreens.com slash no meat to learn more. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. Matt, I don't know if you've ever applied for life insurance, but when you go through the system with most companies, they ask the same set of standard questions. And they never look at your lifestyle, 
your, your diet, your exercise, anything like that. That's what Health IQ does differently. They've used science and data to negotiate lower rates on life insurance for the health conscious, including vegans, runners, yogis, and so much more. Doug, did you know that research has shown that vegans have a 15% lower risk of all-cause mortality, 22% lower risk of colorectal cancer, and 34% lower risk of female-specific cancer? Health IQ has special rates on life insurance that reward us for all the healthy choices we make. Head over to healthiq.com slash nomeat, one word, to learn more on all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. I will do that. Back to, anyway. back to this. So, you know, I guess like my, my thing with this and what I would like to talk about here and, and that people, you know, just so we're not going through exactly what happens at a Tony Robbins event. Um, yeah. You know, I think most people listening to this are probably trying to do something good for themselves or are uh, somewhat ambitious people or people who are, you know, runners training for some sort of big race or trying to make life changes in their diet and, and their health and that kind of thing. Um, and I feel like I'm one of those guys. So I'd be like, what's the draw to, to going to something like this instead of just kind of like getting more focused? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, for sure. Um, so I would say two things. I would say one, if, if all you were going for is a, is a pump up, then you're not getting... 80% of the value of this of an event like this but it would still be worth the money. Now not not for the not for this one that I went to. But for his like unleash the power within, I think it's typically costs about $1000 but there's always these two for one sales. So if you're going with someone else, you can go for a 4-day event for $500. Oh, by the way, I there's no like financial like reason for us to recommend this. We're not affiliates. I think he does have an affiliate thing, but we are not part of that. Uh so this is just just, you know, totally straight shooting. Um so to me, like that, that's a really good value. Like for, it's it's a long day for four days, and it's a fun long day. It's not like you're hating, it, unless you're just not at all into this, and then you shouldn't go. But like, so to to me, to pay that kind of money, um, for the way you feel for I don't know two to three months afterward, to me is worth it, right? Even from a business standpoint, like just to go get feel that excited about things because it, it does have that effect. It has the motivational effect, uh, and it's a temporary one. It's not one that just lasts forever. Uh, but, it, but to me that, that alone is worth it. However, there's this other rest of it. I said 80%, who knows what it actually is, but there's the rest of it, which is the changes that you are actually there to make and the stuff that, that, I mean, he would say rewiring your brain, changing the way that, that you think breaking through limitations. The firewalk is a good example, right? It's a, kind of a silly thing. It's a fun thing. It's a little bit of a scary thing, but when you do it, I really do think that something in you changes. Like going into that first event, I knew that there was the firewalk. I knew people did that. Uh, and I, because, you know, just logically thinking, okay, if, if hundreds or thousands of people do this at his events every year, then it must be doable. It must be, it must be not that hard. It must be, he must have some way of getting you ready for it and you must just do it. Not magic or anything. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, tribes and different, different groups, of people do these things. It's not like he's the only one who's ever done this. It's like a spiritual religious thing, I think for, for different groups. Um, but anyway, that's a good example of something like I, I thought I could do it, but still when you get there and, and you start to see the video that they show the live video of the fire burning and he's like, we're going out to walk on that soon. You start to get this little, this little butterflies in your stomach. This idea like, man, I don't actually know if I can do that. Uh, and then like I said, when you're standing over it, it's, it's really a different 
situation. Like you're ready to go. And it, it's kind of hard to take that first step, no matter how much you're in a, a peak state or how ready to do what you are. And to me that, you know, there was actual power in that. It was like, wow, th- that's something that just for a, even for a split second, I was like, I can't actually do that. And then you just do it and you just trust that you can do it. And you do. It. And I think there's lasting value in that sort of thing. So I don't, maybe, I don't know if it was a coincidence that, that it was less than a week after my first one that I started No Meat Athlete, but I knew I had wanted to start stuff all my life and kind of, or all my life since college, uh, and never had. And then, and then a week after that I did. So something changed and you know, you could argue that it was a placebo effect or that, that I wanted something to change because I liked Tony Robbins stuff. So I wanted this event to become a turning point in my life. I mean, one could easily argue that stuff and you might be right, uh, but the fact is that for me, that, that kind of like made it happen. So that's one example. That's not really a conscious change as much as like just this, this gut level change that he's, that he's kind of helping to bring about. But there's also other stuff. Like he, he teaches this idea of six human needs, that there are six things that all humans need. Uh, and a lot of people kind of fall into the trap of having something like certainty or security, which is kind of the same, the same need in his lingo. Uh, having that become your number one need. The thing that you most seek to fulfill in life is certainty. And that turns out to be just purely from a, from a kind of a rational argument. Like we need a certain amount of security in your life. Otherwise you can't, like if you, if you're sick or you're worried that your house is going to get bombed or something because you live in an area like that, like it's probably very, very hard to do anything else if you don't have this base level of certainty. But people start taking it to extreme amounts and they won't take any risks and, you know, li- I think lives kind of get destroyed when this certainty need takes over and everything else sort of withers away because all you seek is certainty in your life and anything that's out of the comfort zone is out of the question. Uh, so so you, you would look at these six needs and you, you do some exercises, even in this only the, the smaller weekend long event. You will look at these six needs, you'll, you'll learn about them for, I don't know, an hour or two hours and lots of examples and lots of engaging your body, all that stuff. And then you figure out what yours are. And you, you do, I don't know, 15 minutes of introspection and you figure out what yours are and you kind of test them against questions and you make sure you've got the right ones. And then he says, okay, so what, what the life that you want to have, what, which of these needs should be at the top for that to happen? Like a lot of people might have something um, like certainty and, uh, I don't know, growth as their two top needs. And a lot of times they can conflict, right? If you, you want lots of growth, lots of new experiences – but you also are constantly seeking certainty, you're sort of going to, I don't know, uh, what, what's the word, right? You're going after things that are kind of mutually exclusive, right? This growth right. requires stepping out of a comfort zone, but you're constantly sure. feeling So that would not be a good set of needs. And in fact, certainty, he doesn't really recommend that anybody keep as their, as their number one or number two need. Um, so anyway, you, you do rewire these things and you say, this is what I choose consciously, which would make way more sense. Cause we didn't, we didn't choose these things, right? Like, and, and in this week, the week long event, Date with Destiny, you do this, th- that's what the event's all about. It's rewiring your values, uh, the rules that you kind of, the things that need to happen for you to feel like you're fulfilling those values, the, the whole purpose of your life, like what's your main purpose, um, all that stuff. You kind of go in and, re- and you say, here's what I currently have going on, and none of it did I set up consciously. None of it did I say, this should probably be my most important need. Uh, a lot of people have like a, a, so that they will move away more than anything else, a fear of rejection, but they will move towards more than anything else, success, business success or something. And those two things, if one is your biggest moving towards value and the other one's your biggest moving away, they're completely incompatible, right? I mean, you can't, 
live in constant fear of rejection and have any hope of succeeding in, in your business or whatever it is you're trying to move towards. They, they just don't go together. But because we don't consciously choose them, a lot of times we get these things wired up because of our parents or our past experiences or things that happened, you know. Um, so even at its weekend long event, it's a much, much smaller scale, of course, but even at that, you, you do this work of saying, this is what it should be. And then you spend a bunch of time kind of conditioning those new things. And, and you've got those, and everybody has different stuff in their mind now of what, what changes they've want to made. And you go through examples like, what if you kept this, these old limiting beliefs? What if you had that in, in five years, what, what would your life look like? What would it look like in 10, 15, 20? Like, what's the processional effect of having this set of beliefs that is really bad. And, and the point is get yourself to be really upset and really feeling pain. And people in the room are shrieking. And this is like the weirdest, most cult-like part. People are shrieking and crying and making all this weird noise because the lights are off. And he's yelling and saying, what's going to, you know, just you're imagining the worst possible thing. And like they ask the kids to leave the room for that part. So I, I'm fully admitting here that this part is weird and seems cult-like. Uh, I can acknowledge that. But so you get you get to this point where you are really hurting. People are crying. I don't know. I don't know if I cried at that part or not, but I was I was hurting. And then you start to envision what what would it be like this new way. And you realize all that was just sort of a fantasy, false, scary world. What's life going to be like if you have these new values? And so you you create enough pain associated with the old ones and enough pleasure and happiness associated with these new ones. And then at the end, it's a massive celebration, and you feel like your life will never be the same. You feel like this is you know this is going to stick. There's still plenty of work to do at home to condition it and, and keep the stuff up. And it's not easy. I'm not going to pretend that it just he programs you and then you're, you're this new way. It's not at all that. Um, but that whole element of it, for me, is the, the most valuable part. More valuable than the, than the pump up, which, which, like I said, there certainly is that. So, so anyway, to, to me, that kind of stuff is exciting. I understand. Even Aaron said, like, I think that kind of stuff seems boring. <laughs> like, that seems like the busy work you do on boring work retreats where you got to go. He, I'm telling you, he has a way. And I, I don't, I hope this doesn't sound like just a big ad for him, which is why when we talked about this episode, that it'd be good to have you as sort of a, a more skeptical voice uh, who hopefully people can, some people will, will, uh, you know, resonate with and just understand. Cause I, I don't want this to be one sided, like just rave about Tony Robbins. Right. Um, I'm just trying to say what, it, what it has done for me and, and why I like it. Um, anyway, where I don't remember what I was saying. Aaron thought that it was boring, or thought that that oh, could yeah, be boring. Oh yeah, yeah. But but he he's just such a master of making this stuff entertaining and and interesting. And I don't know. He he. I I know it's sounding like I'm saying he's a master is kind of worshiping him in some way. But um, he. So if you watch the the documentary, it looks like the whole event is him doing one on one talk with people in the audience and changing them. Uh, and that's what he, I mean, he's amazing. Like as a one-on-one therapist, I don't think he really does that kind of stuff anymore, but he has an incredible skill set of like what the, the NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which was kind of one of the things that he, he, uh, I don't know, got, got schooled in early on. And that was sort of his, his, one of his trademarks. Uh, but it's, it's a really neat skill set just to watch him make these changes in people, but that's not really what it's about. It's more about you're going there to, to have, you know, make changes in yourself. Are you leaving with a bunch of concrete goals or is it more like, all right, now I feel like I can conquer anything and I will chase whatever goal yeah, I had before? So it, it is, I would say, mostly the latter. You, you mostly have this sort of general sense of like, hey, now my new, my new values are this or now my new uh, stuff. Is this. It's not so much about goal setting. There, there is a little bit of that. There's some, you know, some periods, even in the, in the shorter event where you, 
you visualize like where you are now and where you want to be in some area of your life and you you set some some goals so you you do have some stuff and then you got to go home and work on those things of course uh but that's not really what it's about i've always been surprised actually at how little of that there is like i i would think you'd at the least come away from these things with a new set of goals there'd be a solid goal setting workshop in there because that just seems to be a part of every personal development program you read or listen to uh but that, that turns out to be sort of a minor part. It's not the most important part of the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like it's, it's a big show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words. Uh, you know, but, but uh, like, you know, a lot yeah. of self-development stuff, which, which I do think is incredibly important and, looking at your goals and setting goals and um, kind of looking at the why you're making decisions that you're making and that kind of thing. I, I do think that that's really important, but I also think it's really personal. And I guess, I guess he's giving you time, I guess, to, to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of time. And of course you don't see that in the documentary. I mean, it's just not exciting to watch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But so I, I understand what you're saying. And when you say a big show, do you mean, it's a big performance on the part of the the guru or whoever is in charge. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, to, to sort of to sort of trick you into thinking you're at something that's meaningful and that you're making valuable changes when, in fact, maybe none of it works and it's just all BS. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's I think that's a common viewpoint. Yeah, well, I mean, basically, you know, it's like it's like you didn't know anything was wrong with you until someone told you that was wrong with you. Right. Right. So I saw a study a long time ago, and this is after I was kind of already into his stuff. And, and not, by the way, I'm talking about him, but like we're talking about personal development as a whole here, right? You can substitute right. any other name here for most of the stuff we're talking about, uh, and and you know still have a have a conversation that makes sense. Uh, but I was into personal development, and then I came across some study. I don't know where it was, but I, so I, I have gathered now that that the media likes to poke fun at personal development. I have learned that, uh, and, and I wish I would have known that back then and sort of filtered this through then. <laughs> because I, the study said something like, it turns out that most people who go to a seminar, and not Tony Robbins, just go to a seminar of some sort, get motivated, uh, or read a book or something, that all of it is bad because you end up getting, you end up becoming dissatisfied with your current life because you you see something more, and you say, I want to make that part, I want to make that my life. I, I want something more out of my life. Uh, so, so creating dissatisfaction, which is which is a good skill for creating some change. I think I'm personally if you if you get dissatisfied, that's a really good way to get motivated to change. Um, but then the fact is that according to the study, that most people don't actually follow through and make those changes. So then they're just dissatisfied, right? So they end up less happy than they were before they got into this stuff. And and when I read that, I just I just kind of believed it. And then I was like, wow, man, I shouldn't really be doing all this stuff. I guess then. And then, I don't know, whatever, some who knows what factors brought me back to it. And I just, and I was like, man, I, I can't believe I listened to that because it was silly of me to think that, I don't know, because this some study says that that happens to most people, that therefore that's, that's going to be my outcome from all this stuff. So I, I don't really, I mean, maybe that is true. Maybe that is true for most people. I don't know. Um, but again, I, I think I like, to, I like to give the people who listen to this show credit. I think I always say the type of person who listens to this show probably isn't that uh, but again, but again, I do think that I think, I think, yeah, you know, I don't know, frankly, a lot of people don't have a lot of, uh, ability to kind of endure something and keep working on something when it's difficult. 
uh, and give up pretty easily. But I think a lot, I think the type of person who listens to this show doesn't. I think I think they are uh, I don't know somewhat more into into working hard and challenges and things than the average person. Yeah. So anyway, um, so so yeah, there's a lot of thinking that 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 is true, right? That there are a lot of people that would say that, and. I think I think some of it is a placebo effect. I think like if you're into this stuff and it's this is this makes you happy uh, and makes you excited and makes you truly believe that you're going to create some change, then yeah, I mean you're probably way more likely to do it than someone who comes in as a skeptic and is kind of you know is afraid to buy in, or not afraid, just unwilling to buy in. Uh, you know, of course, and 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 that's kind of a placebo effect. You thought it was going to work, so it's more likely to work. And but like we always say, a placebo effect is is still an effect, and and if that works for you, then I don't think there's anything wrong with embracing that it is partly placebo. So um, I don't know. I, Michael Moore, the filmmaker, had some quote about the Tony Robbins documentary that said he just thinks this whole person development industry is total BS, and that and that trying to improve yourself is you know you're completely misguided in trying to do that, and you should spend your time doing other things, uh, but that. But that he was still really, really moved by the film. So, uh, for whatever that's worth, I mean, just it's just an example of someone who's totally not into this. Even after watching, it still doesn't really buy in, but can sort of see the value for the people who do believe. So, yeah. So, I, so I guess just to kind of wrap things up here, um, not everyone's going to go to Tony Robbins. I might not ever go to Tony Robbins, and uh, certainly, I'm sure the majority of people listening. We'll never do that. Is there is there anything that like, you know, without having done the whole experience, is there one kind of takeaway that you could kind of pass on to me and everyone else of like, you should think about this when you're, you know, to to when you're thinking about self development or, or improving, you know, taking on a new challenge or improving yourself. Uh man, that's a hard one, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Um, I honestly no. I I can't think of any one like element that is it. I mean, it is like I said. I, mean, I hope you've gotten the sense that when you're at these things, whether you believe it's valuable or not, you're not just flipping some switch. It's not some easy little statement that you're saying over and over in your head, and that's that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- I don't think there is any sort of trick. I mean, it, it's uh, it's work, and and I have considered it. I mean, like this for me has been a study for a long time, not just his stuff, but lots of stuff. I've been interested in this whole topic, personal development for, I don't know, 13, 14 years now. And I've read a ton of books about it. I've done a lot of thinking about it. I've done a lot of journaling about it. I've now gone to four Tony Robbins events and I think of it as work you know, just stacking on top of each other. It's like asking someone, what's the, what's the, the tip for running a marathon? And like you can't, you know, there's only, and you got to have a plan, and you got to work, and you got to go out and train. To me, that's what it is. And I think, um, I think his events, the, the Unleash the Power Within events, because they're, I don't want to make assumptions, but because they are more affordable than his others, and to me, a really great value. Uh, it's it's kind of a cool opportunity. Like it, even if you just wanted to do something that was different, and you wanted to feel pumped up for a while, and you weren't totally opposed, because truly, if you go in, there are a few people at the event who go in, and you can see that everyone's having a great time and that there are some people who are just not having a great time and they are not into it and it's like they came in kind of deciding that this was not for them and they weren't going to get into it maybe they got dragged there by somebody um and so if you're someone like that do you guys I, I don't shame think, them do you is like a public shaming <laughs> no there is no public shame but i i don't like them because it makes it harder 
like for me, someone who's kind of self-conscious about dancing around and clapping and screaming, if you're right next to somebody who's not into it, that makes it way more difficult for me because I'm like, man, that guy's probably judging me for just being a, just going along with all this. Hmm. And so, I, so whatever. I mean, I, I just think if, if, if that's your viewpoint, and obviously if someone who's totally against it uh, isn't probably going to hear me say, this is really awesome, and then decide to go. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think if, you, if you're into it and you're not going to read a whole book, uh, and in fact, this is way better experience. Going for a four-day thing like this would be immensely more valuable than just reading a book uh, or listening to an audio program because it's just a different level when you're actually immersed in it. Um, but no, I, I think it's a I think it's a really cool entry-level sort of thing to do if if it sounds interesting to you. It's, it's just a really nice way to to begin, and you kind of can experience what what I'm talking about. But no, unfortunately, I wish I had a a good tip. And he, I mean, he's got plenty of teaching, and so do all these guys. Um, I don't know. There are some personal development posts on No Meat Athlete where I, I put probably 10 points uh, of the things I've, I've really learned. And they're not very exciting. It's stuff like learn to take responsibility. For, for like, I think it's a really valuable belief that says, whatever happens to me in my life, I'm responsible for that. And we've talked about this belief before. And, and there are some problems. There maybe are some situations that would come up where uh, certain people would not be well served by a belief that said, I'm responsible for everything that happens to me. But so far in my life, that's been a pretty good one. That's been a lot better than the old one, which was sort of blaming external circumstances for for my situation, which is so easy to do, and so many people today do that. So that that was a really powerful belief for me to kind of start to become convinced of, and then eventually, sort of out of out of a leap of faith, saying I'm going to decide to believe that, which is weird. Like deciding to believe something is is basically asking for faith and asking to be religious about this. And I'm I'm not a religious person, so, and I have a, a lot of trouble just having faith without proof first. Uh, but personal development has kind of been my place to, to do that, where I, I can say, like, I can see how this belief would really, really serve me, and even if I don't fully believe it, I'm going to try to believe it and make myself believe it. So that, that's one, like, the belief that I'm responsible for whatever happens to me. That has been tremendously powerful. And so there are many, many more things like that, and if you look up No Meat Athlete Personal Development, you will probably find uh, a post that had 10 or 30 points but I think that's about as much as I could boil it down to. I, I wouldn't say that there's one point that has been driven home that that's, that's been a life changer for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. Good. Well, uh, yeah. So I, I, I am a little concerned that this is going to generate some people saying, man, what a, you're just a shill for Tony Robbins and <laughs> you know, even think that I have some other agenda. Uh, or, or, or think that I'm totally brainwashed and that I'm such a fan now because I've been in enough times that he has just totally brainwashed me into singing his praises. Because uh, I, you know, I don't know that much about him on a personal level. I don't, I don't think he's a, uh, I don't know, God figure. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think he's made a lot of mistakes in his life and he has done things that aren't all that admirable for me. I mean, I don't, who knows? I'm not going to try to judge him or, or not judge him here. Um, but... I don't know. His stuff for me has been really, really helpful. And it certainly won't be for everyone, but I think it's, uh, if you're looking for something and if you're just feeling aimless and sort of like, man, I, I could use something like that, then I hope you have listened to this and that this has reached that type of person and that they'll, they'll give something like this a try. Cool. And that could be you, Doug. I could it, be talking directly could be. to you. It could be. <laughs> Maybe. I know, and honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I, If you're just sort of like, eh, I don't know. I don't even know if I would encourage you to go. But if you're like, yeah, that seems really fun. That seems like a great event. Then I would say you absolutely should do it. Well, you've definitely encouraged me enough to watch the the film. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna do, do that. that. And like I said, the film is a lot of one on one stuff, which is and it's really that's the most compelling, right? It's really cool to see him 
make these changes in people, even when they're really cut down into 10 minute things, when in fact they're hour long interventions that he might do with someone. Uh, but so, th- so that's the most dramatic part, which is why they make the film about that. But it's not really what the event is. I mean, so much more of it is about is him talking to the, the audience all at once. And then you doing some sort of exercises based on what he said. You kind of look inside yourself and you find out what you're doing. And then eventually saying, is that working for me or do I need to totally rewire that? And then the process of kind of conditioning this new situation rather than just intellectually saying, okay, I'm going to not have that as my value anymore. Uh, but, but doing some exercises to really get that in your, in your, in your bones. Yeah. So anyway, there, for, that's, that's enough, I think, raving about Tony Robbins on, for the whole episode <laughs> for, and for the whole rest of this podcast. I will never do it again. Well, we'll see. I'm done. <laughs> we will see. Well, thanks, thanks for talking to me about this. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you had an awesome experience. And I look forward to kind of seeing, uh, I mean, maybe I won't see it. Maybe it'll all be kind of personal stuff that, I, that you know, doesn't necessarily come out as something you've uh, grown yeah. on or, or, or changed because of Tony Robbins. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited for, for cool. you. Well, I appreciate, Doug, that you... Uh... We're willing to play skeptic here. I mean, not even play, sort of be skeptic, right? Because that you kind of mm-hmm. are that character. Yeah. And uh, and I I appreciate other people who are like who you know who are identifying more with your skepticism here than my uh, whatever fanaticism. Uh, I appreciate them listening to this and and you know not just saying Matt's gone off the deep end, Matt's been brainwashed, but saying okay, this is a this is a different point of view point that maybe a different point of view that I don't necessarily share. But I can kind of see how for some people it, it would it would just kind of be their thing. Yeah. There you go. All right. Good. All right. All right. Well, do we have anything else to add here, Doug? I think that's it. Okay. Sounds good. Well, then, everyone, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you all next episode. Sounds great. Won't be about Tony Robbins. It'll be about something different, I promise. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>